Welcome to Spark to Flame, where we bring you ideas, insights, and inspiration for better marriages. Today's episode is part two of a series in which we are talking about who to talk to about your marriage. Yes, and even though it is part two, each episode does stand on its own. So if you have not listened to part one, that's okay. You can pause here and catch that first one, or you can hear what we have to say over the next 25 minutes or so and go back at another time to listen to that one. So you need to be talking about your marriage, but you have a problem, or maybe two, or three. You either don't have anyone to talk to, or you don't have the right person. Or you don't know who the right person is. Or you keep choosing bad people. Or you're stuck on a deserted island, and the only person there to talk to looks like a hot dog. I'm going to leave that right there. (laughs) Our usual flow. Did did you ever see that? Yes. Like that? Bugs, that classic Bugs Bunny. Yes, yeah. I did. <laughs> I mean, not that he had marriage problems, but all right. Let's quickly recap what we talked about to set this all up. We do recognize that there are times and places to seek help outside of your spouse. We advocate for that, in fact. We get so frustrated mm-hmm. when people wait too long to get help and let the relationships mm-hmm. get to places of disrepair. So please... Get help if you need it. Mm -hmm. And that being said, we've created a short checklist of people to check with before running off for help. So first, talk it over with God. Next, talk to yourself. And to quickly plug the last episode again, check it out for some fun and unique ideas on how to discuss marital issues with yourself. And finally, talk to your spouse. It may not be comfortable Mm -hmm. at first, but in most situations, talking directly to your spouse is going to pay off. Mm -hmm. We're not saying it's easy. But in the long run, it'll be worth it. And just a quick disclaimer, if you are in an abusive relationship or you're married to a psychopath, these words of wisdom may not apply to you. For the rest of us, talk to your spouse. But maybe they won't talk to you. Or maybe you keep trying and they keep blowing up or storming off or avoiding you or something else along those lines. There may also be a problem that you are trying to overcome that as a couple, you realize you are going to need some outside perspective to truly work through it, or you need some guidance or accountability. Right. In those cases, who can you talk to? Or who should you talk to? All right. So here is how we're going to break things down for you today. We'll kick things off with uh, some people to avoid talking to your Mm -hmm. marriage about outside of your marriage. Then we'll spend the rest of the show discussing the people that you should pursue. But not necessarily specific people. So some things to think about. What are the characteristics you want to be looking for in that person? We'll give you a couple things you'll want to strongly consider. Then we'll wrap things up with a couple of categories of people who would make trusted advisors. All right. So in this whole journey, one thing that we have seen at different points in helping people with their marriages or serious relationships is that people tend <laughs> to choose bad advisors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Cassie and I each have a who not to talk to recommendation. Mm -hmm. And then we'll go back and forth a little bit with some types of people to avoid or character traits that should be red flags for you. So Cassie, why don't you kick this thing off? Uh, All right. So who should people not talk to? Your family, especially your parents. And the reason being here is they're very emotionally connected with you, right? So uh, an example would be you get into a big argument, Rob maybe says something to me. So your spouse says something to you uh, that is mean and downright dirty. So you call your mom and you're crying and you tell her all these horrible things that they said to you. Okay. So maybe two hours later, 
He comes home with flowers, you guys make up, things are fine, you were just angry, and things were said, uh, and you're over it. But your mom will remember those nasty words mm -hmm. that he said to her baby. She didn't get the flowers. Forever. She didn't get she the didn't flowers. Get the apology. And maybe you're in year one of your marriage, which is totally different than year 15, right? So year one, they don't know your spouse as well as you do, or month one, or year four, or five, even depending on the situation. And so, uh, you know, they, they hear those things like, how could that person have said that to my baby, right? They remember that baby that they helped with their skinned knee or when the person. Yeah push them down on the playground. And so that's very difficult for them to be level-headed and not emotional in that situation yeah. and give you good advice. Now, would this be specific to earlier on in the marriage then? Because like you're saying, like I get that early on in the marriage, th there's a heightened sensitivity, right? So like if you do something, I might be, take it, be a little bit more offended mm -hmm. by it, right? Like uh, more so in the first couple of years of marriage, because we're trying to yeah. feel those well, things Well, I mean, out. that's a good question. You're well, talking about the And early. also what we just said about the parents then is like they're – because in most situations mm -hmm. that new spouse is an unknown entity, right? right? They know him or her. Mm -hmm. but they don't really know them as right. much as you do. So there's going to be an automatic parental defensiveness of my baby. Kind oh, of yeah. Or even upset that they took their baby from them in the first place. So all of that. There's a, a time and a place to go to your parents, but – uh, for the most part, they're not going to be that person uh, that you want to go to when you're having a huge marriage issue with your spouse. Okay. So definitely, and that's good to point out because that's, when you first say it and you give the explanation behind it, that makes a ton of sense to me. Like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. But then when I start to personalize that, like we've got a 12-year-old and a 10-year-old. So like it's very possible in the next 15 years that they will be married. Mm -hmm. And do I want them in a situation where they're having an issue in their marriage and I could help them with mm -hmm. that and they don't come to me for help. And now they're kind of suffering through some things like, sure. yeah, there's a level in which it's like, no, well, I want you to have good advisors that aren't me. I want you to <laughs> have to kind of tough through some things on your own to figure that out. But there is a point of desperation or yes. there's a point of, normal relationship i'd say maybe those two uh mm -hmm. those two camps right like where it's like a normal healthy relationship that i have with anybody especially somebody as close as my parents then i'm going to talk about yeah. some of the highs and lows mm -hmm. but never to the point where i want to be throwing my spouse under the bus right. right so especially if it's like personal stuff hey i'm i'm working through something i'm going through something and it makes sense to say dad yeah. Did you ever go through this? Like, how yeah. did you do this? Or how did you. It's affecting my marriage right. and my family. Right. And, and with that, you know, um, thinking about before you go with them, is this going to enhance their relationship with my spouse or jeopardize, jeopardize it, right? Because mm. that, yeah, yeah. if you ask yourself that question, uh, no matter if you're in year one or year 15, I think that that will put yourself in a check of whether you go to your parents. So. It's not a complete no-no, never go to your parents. But you, and you even didn't say parents, you said family. Yes. So you're talking about like, maybe it's a brother or a sister. Yeah. But it's this kind of thing is like, you're trying to manage, how do you have a good, maintain a good mm -hmm. relationship with your family, but also make sure that your family's having a good relationship with your spouse. That's right. So you don't want to overshare, you don't want to right. do things that are going to jeopardize that mm -hmm. relationship. I think you put that well there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And speaking of family. Rob's sister was here around Christmas time, and we were talking about marriage counseling and these kinds of things. And she was very adamant about one point that fits into this conversation. And Rob, I think this is your contribution to this first point. Yeah, and 
when I first, like, we were talking about doing marriage counseling. They, they're in a situation in which they have the opportunity to do some premarital counseling with some mm-hmm. couples. They, they, uh, uh, her husband works as a professor at a college, and so they live right near the campus, and they're connected with a lot of students. They get to do some premarital counseling. So they're like, well, here's one thing that we are like, that we really, really stress mm-hmm. when we talk to these mm-hmm. couples is do not have a confidant. Or they go further than this. They say, don't have any friends of the opposite sex, mm-hmm. right? Like, like so in, like, I married a Cassie. I should not have a, a friend who's just like, oh, yeah, this friend is my friend. And she and I talk sometimes and she and I go out sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, and, but she's not really friends with Cassie. She's my friend. Yeah. That's <laughs> right? dangerous. Like, but that's, so that's, but that's, that's a different conversation, but that fits into this conversation of, all right, if I'm having problems, if, if I am feeling like I need to talk about my marriage mm-hmm. with somebody outside of my marriage, I should not go to a woman to talk That's about right. that. As protected and right. as adamant as you feel like you are, like, I'll never cheat on my spouse. Well, you start to get vulnerable mm-hmm. of somebody with the opposite sex and you're alone with them, then those that's when those things happen that you think like, oh, this would never happen and then it happens. Right, and it does. Yeah, uh, very good point. So we've got a couple bonuses because I couldn't narrow it down to just one thing. This one sounds silly, but uh, don't go to the next person you run into. So for example, you get into uh, a heated argument that morning with your spouse and then you guys, you have to get you know, in the car to go to work. So you cut it off in the middle of it and you go and the first person you see is whatever coworker, and you just spill and vent everything oh, yeah. to them. Because it's just fresh. Yes. You just want to share with somebody. It's like an open wound. And so you just, da, 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 oh da, 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 goodness, you'll never right. guess what my husband just exactly. did. Exactly. Or, you know, oh, maybe even worse, maybe you go to a play date and you do this with a whole group of moms, almost husband bashing, right? And so I can't believe da, 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 da. And so now I've taken a conversation in which maybe we were both vulnerable with each other and I have just shared it with some random coworker, some whole big group of women or mm-hmm. my neighbor down the street or the person I pat, you know. So yeah, don't don't share it with the next person you come in contact with. Sounds obvious, right. but that's the first thing we usually do. Yeah, so you don't want it to just be like a high emotional throwing up right? on people. How about some some just kind of like red flag character traits? Yeah. So we talked about like general. those are some categories, but what about like all right, when you think about people that you mm-hmm. might talk to, what are some things about people that you want to avoid for me first is just a complete hothead or overly emotional person right because you're going to talk to that person and they just love that right they just feed on that so you're right he is such a horrible husband and so now instead of it helping you are just gone from a scale of one to ten instead of being a ten now you're a 30. Yeah. <laughs> it's not helped. Yeah, it's, it's typically good uh, like to find somebody that's going to be able to balance your emotions. So if you're really emotional, somebody that is not so much mm-hmm. or that they can match your emotions, but yeah, mm-hmm. you don't want to get somebody that's going to ramp it up. All right. So I think you also want to avoid a yes man, right? Like the person that they're so much on your side that they're just going to agree with every single thing you see and see everything the way that you see it. Mm-hmm. Right? right. And then gossip all right so you go to someone and you tell this thing and they gossip it 
gossip that And thing. you know that about them. You know that about them. Don't talk to that person. It's going to be very detrimental to your marriage because if yeah. your spouse hears that, it's like, Which is so strange. why did you tell that thing about me? It is so strange, right? The thing about a gossip is people... People know that they're gossips. And, and then people don't. still share like sensitive information. <laughs> All right. Uh, my, my thing is the advice giver mm. or the know-it-all. Again, mm. that's a very attractive person. They are so wise. They know so much. And it can be really tempting to just go to the person who's going to tell you exactly. This is, so here's you what you need on that a minute. Here's what you need to do. Yeah. Why is this wrong? Why is this bad? Here's, here's what. So that, that, could, that could be just in itself. Um, I think there's a better way to give and receive counsel, but then also we, and we talked about this in the last episode is you run the risk of creating a dependency on that person. So mm. ever because they, if they are, if they have good advice and you listen to it and you apply it, then the next thing that goes wrong, you're going to be like, Oh, well they helped me. So I'll go back to them. And now you're like every marriage problem you have, you're going to them. You're not going they're, to your They're just giving you fishes instead of teaching you how to fish is what you really want. Okay, that's good. Okay. Um, also just don't go to someone who doesn't like your spouse or vice versa. Someone your spouse doesn't like, uh, that's definitely not going to build any trust in your relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not going to feed any positive back into the yeah. relationship. We talked about that a little bit last episode, too. Mm-hmm. The idea of like who your spouse doesn't like. Cause you're like, oh, I found out that you told somebody about it. And then you told who? Like, <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then um, just one quick thing there. I've got a proverb from the Bible, Proverbs thirteen twenty. It says, he who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. And so uh, maybe... As obvious as like mm-hmm. go don't talk to the gossip is don't talk to somebody who is a fool, <laughs> right? right? Like they are just yeah foolish, right? But sometimes they're fun. Don't talk to them. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, now you know who not to speak with. So let's get positive. You know what else is positive? What, Rob? telling people about this podcast and encouraging them to listen to an episode or two. That's a great idea. If you have been listening and the Spark to Flame podcast has helped you in your marriage in any way, would you please consider sharing it with someone this week? You can direct them to sparktoflame.com or send them a link to your favorite episode. That's right. Thanks a lot. (laughs) All right. So moving into our second idea for the day is uh, we're done. We are done with the negative stuff. Mm, we'll uh, so, so we're going to move into good characteristics that you want to consider. So things that you want to be looking for. And so pretty much what we're going to do is we're just going to take those red flaggers mm-hmm. and we're going to look at the opposite of those things. Right. Because when we came up with our list, we they were pretty much the opposite of our negative list. So. That first, you know, not going to the hothead or overly emotional person, go to someone that is a little more even keel. And, you know, when you go to them, uh, they're not going to react, okay, but uh, they're going to be good listeners. And whether or not they have advice or not, they're definitely going to uh, simmer you down (laughs) and bring you down to a a more logical uh, point of view. The first one that I'll bring up is the person that can be honest with you, mm. right? So you can tell somebody a story or tell somebody a situation. Mm-hmm. You want to be talking to the person that has the ability to look you in the eye and say, actually, in this, like, you're in the wrong. Put you in your like, place. you're frustrated with them, but from what you're telling me, 
you're the one who needs to change, right? Like that's, that's an important thing. That, yeah. Not that they're always going to blame right. you, but they're going to have that ability to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, the next uh, positive would be looking for someone that you can confide in, a confidant. So Someone who's you know, trustworthy. Yes, that's trustworthy. So when you go and you talk to them, you know that it just goes to them or they talk to God about it and that's it. Uh, and so that can be a safe place where your vulnerable relationship still says stays safe and your spouse will not be upset. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And as attractive as it is to find somebody who can give good advice, like that is good. Like you want to find somebody who can give good sure. advice, but really the characteristic that you really want to find in somebody is somebody who asks good questions. Mm. And that's the difference. Like, that's going to help you learn how to fish because then they ask you those questions. You're going to learn those questions and eventually you won't necessarily have to go to them for every, like you're going to, mm-hmm. you'll be able to run through those questions in your own brain. Oh, that's right. That kind of Which thing. goes back to the first segment of this. If you go back to the first podcast part one uh, right when you put yourself outside of your marriage and you say what advice would I give this person? That's kind of what right, they're doing for right. you because more than likely, you know, what you need to do. You yeah. just can't see it through the the emotions. Um, and then the next would be, uh, you know, you want to find someone that knows your spouse enough and that likes them, <laughs> uh, that uh, knows your marriage and, and will not be uh, just negative uh, Rob Downer, but that's going to be, okay, uh, I want this marriage to succeed. I know Rob. I know Cassie. Uh, and so you don't want to go to someone who uh, is a downer on them, but the opposite of that, that. And here's another proverb, Proverbs 12, 18. There's one who speaks rashly like the thrusts of a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, again, maybe pretty obvious. You don't want to consult with somebody who's foolish and seek out somebody who's wise their tongue will bring healing. Mm-hmm. All right, there's there's a handful of things just to you know kind of look at and think. Yeah, obvious, but a lot of this is causing you to pause. Don't just rush into like blabbing to whoever. You mm-hmm. really want to take some time and think this out. This is your marriage, your highly valued marriage that you honor, that you love, that you are wanting the best for. So, like, it makes sense that you would want to take time and, and really pick the right person mm-hmm. <laughs> that, you, that you would not want to get this wrong of like, all right, who am I going to go to for help? Right. And in that with like, not just the specific characteristics we said, but also a couple of other little things to strongly consider. And the first one is just somebody that is pro marriage in general, yeah. right? You don't want to, well, we won't talk about the negative. So let's just talk about the positive. Pick someone or a couple that you know uh, thinks highly of marriage and that commitment to each other. Right. That's that's they're gonna that's gonna be their stance. Is ultimately, I'm wanting to help you yeah. work through this. Yeah. What can I do to make right. this marriage stronger? This marriage last? This marriage be yeah. wholesome? And that ties in, maybe not directly, but from our standpoint, and for a lot of our listeners, somebody who's got a biblical worldview, right? So somebody, and that goes into the wise and a lot of these other things, is that they're not just going to give you worldly wisdom. They're not going to give you human wisdom. They're mm-hmm. not going to tell you about the last thing they read in psychology right. today or that they saw on Oprah. Because that would Oprah. be what makes you happy, which is not pro-marriage well, maybe. all the time. <laughs> or what they saw on Oprah. Mm-hmm. But, but they are going to share with you wisdom that is biblical wisdom, that is God-honoring, mm. God, Christ-centered 
right, Lisa? Speaking of pro-marriage, mm-hmm. here at Spark to Flame, we are very pro-marriage. If you are listening, which you are, <laughs> that probably means that you are pro-marriage. We have so much in common. Let's not make this a one-time thing. If you have not yet subscribed to the podcast, please take a moment to do that. That way, when new episodes come out, you can be notified. We believe the best way to have a happy and healthy marriage is to keep investing in it. We believe that this podcast is one small thing you can do to those ends, and we're honored to help you and yours in this journey of marital joy. In my own experience in doing marriage counseling and really reflecting back on those those couples that I counseled with and people that I talked to, there just kept coming up this theme of, man, I feel like why didn't you just, why, why didn't you come to me a year ago? Mm-hmm. Like six months when this was not just like a, a problem that was starting, but when this problem was really maturing and really becoming yeah. a known issue, why did you wait so long after that to get help? And so that became, so I was like, well, I know that there's, you know, marriage enrichment things and whatever, but may, maybe just one more voice or one more thing, like to get in people and shake people up and be like, don't wait. Like, don't like do something now to help your marriage. And so with all of that said, I would say a person or a category of people that you could go to for help. And I wouldn't say this is like the number one place to turn, because I think most people in the counseling profession would say, I would love it if there was no need for counselors in this world. Because that's the idea. Like we want people to have healthy relationships. Mm -hmm. We want people to be mentally sound. But having said that, there's a lot of trained professionals that are out there and equipped to do this and don't wait too long to go see them. So if, if it is in fact a problem that you are having personally that is affecting your marriage mm-hmm. or a problem that is mm-hmm. happening within your marriage, then don't wait. If, if, if you don't have friends, you can talk to, if you don't have trusted advisors and like some of these other people we're going to talk about, or in even a if you do, and you're not seeing your change and fruit of, the change happens. Yeah, or you don't feel comfortable at this point talking about these things, like then seek out a marriage counselor. Right. Or, so, or just any any professional, somebody who's in the a professional helping type thing. Mm-hmm. Like uh, we've got a friend who is a doctor and he's like, yeah, you wouldn't believe how many people talk to me about their marriages and about whatever. That's fine. Like that's they're, they're in a situation if, if they are there and you can trust them and you know that because th- you've got their confidence. They can't share anything that's, that's happening right. outside of that. And so sometimes that's an important thing. Um, mm-hmm. So I I would include there's there's people that are really good. Some people get down on the coaching profession, uh, but I think for the most part, people who are relationship coaches, people who are just like life coaches, a lot of the training they have, a lot of the questions that they're going to ask and the guidance they would give is is going to be really good. Mm-hmm. So so I'd say. Uh, categories of people to go to for help would be just to be like go to a professional right. and that's fine that's there's nothing wrong with that that's becoming more and more accepted every day go get professional help that's right and maybe even before that uh going to a wise couple or individual that has been there done that where you look at their marriage and they have an admirable marriage in your eyes uh that's the type of person and when to do that would be not when i mean it's fine when you're in a crisis but it's even better if you can find those people and look and find that couple and talk to your spouse like we talked about get that permission from them go to them and set a baseline first and say okay hey 
Rob and I have this marriage. We, I want to just have someone that uh, when I have these issues come up or I've got these strong feelings or we're going through something uh, that I can come to you with that issue. And I know that uh, you know us and that you are pro-marriage and that you want us to succeed. And in coming to you, this is what I expect from you. Yeah. Not a yes man, not a this, but just somebody that's going to give me the experience what has helped you in the past or just know that... Uh, you know, that's what I need. I don't need the hype up emotional this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and so with that, there's there's a couple of ways that you could do that. So there's a, like a, I think you're talking a little bit more of like a formal relationship where one couple would approach another couple mm-hmm. and say, kind of like, we would like for you to kind of be our marriage mentors. Right. Yeah. And so, and, and, all right, and then, then that in the formal relationship could take on two, there's two aspects of that. There's one that's more of a passive relationship. Mm-hmm. So like, hey, we really, we look at your marriage. We like your marriage. We feel like your marriage is a model relationship. So can we come to you in t- times that's of need? Right. So you maintain a relationship, but then it's kind of like they know that if you ever need help, you're going to go to them. The second way is where you're actually asking them to be more proactive. Right. Where they're going to, they're going to on some kind of periodical like once check a month or once a, they're going to check in there how's things going they're not going to just and if they say notice anything you you know they're going to come to you instead of just ignore sure. it or let it go right. the other thing that it does is it eliminates some of the temptation to go to that first person that you see when you have that issue because you have somebody you have someone already established so when you're in that heat crisis not thinking straight moment you're not thinking oh, wait, let me think about somebody that would be these good categories that I should go to. You're like, I already have that person. So you know what? I'm going to hold my tongue when I get to work. I'm going to hold my tongue when I go to my neighbors or the play date because I know that later when I have that lunch break or Or you go to the play date 10 minutes late because you stop, you pull over the side of the road and And say, you call that person or text someone, can I call you today? And so you already know that your brain does not have to think hard about it it's and then there. The, the other the other part of it like so that's kind of in a formal thing you're talking to somebody and you're saying yes can we have this and that's but, why i said do it before you get into the emotion sure but we don't have that so you know so uh but what we do is we do have some informal relationships that are like that so that's we haven't right. actually like sat down with a couple and have been like will you, will you be this for us <laughs> but there's some people that are that for us yes right and so there's probably two married couples specifically mm-hmm. um and and maybe more but that they kind of are that for us yep. in different ways that we c- could do that so there's like a formal way to do this there's an informal way uh we've been saying couple but you said it could, could be, be an individual. Just an individual that's right so you could find a woman that you trust or yes i could find a man that i trust that it kind and, of fits that and one of those couples that i call rob doesn't necessarily call the husband in the situation but the wife i have definitely just a couple of times in our marriage called but it, she's in so it is a couple but i just talked to the wife yeah. and okay and I, and I guess like in a similar thing again like we we um have this these have been cropping up a lot in in the church world is like a discipleship group so you have a group that it's like two or three same-sex individuals who meet together on a fairly regular basis and a big part of that is accountability mm-hmm. right and so um so that's all aspects of life intimacy and accountability and not 
sharing outside of that very right. small group. It's not a big group of 10 or 12 right. that gets into husband bashing. <laughs> um, so that's definitely, <laughs> yeah. Bashing. And, and so that's very typically small. when you, when, when you enter in that kind of relationship with people, that's a part of it. Like, mm-hmm. and, and, and that's where it's going to come from is not, is usually it's going to be like, how can I be the best man or like the best woman for my marriage? Right. Um, it's not going to be so much, but, but you're going to create safe environments for at some point, one of two things is going to happen. Either something is happening in your marriage and you're going to say, well, I can share it with these guys Mm -hmm. or I can share it with these women or somebody else in your group shares something. This is a struggle that I'm having in my marriage right now. So then it's like, well, I, I have the freedom in this group to say, oh, you know what? I went through that a couple of years ago. That's right. You know, and I can relate. It's not like I can't talk about my marriage in this group or then that that just kind of establishes that routine or that openness in your group, so that you can say, when something does come up in my own marriage, I can share right. it. Okay. Again, like if you get into a relationship like this kind of group in your church or wh- how, wherever it is, um, it don't just start talking about your marriage. Talk to your wife or your husband first and say, "Hey, <laughs> I'm in this group." We're doing this thing. We've got this connection. There's from time to time. Is this a group that you see as a safe group of guys or a safe group of women that I could talk about our marriage and you'd be okay with that, right? Like, mm-hmm. so definitely the intro, the permission part is important. And what I like about it is back to what you're saying is sometimes why do people not go to counselors or go seek outside help? They feel like maybe they feel alone or this is crazy that we're having these issues. We don't want anyone to know about mm-hmm. it. But when you're in this small, intimate group of people and somebody shares that, it's almost like a, Oh, thank you. Like somebody else going through this and I am too. And then you kind of got a camaraderie, not that you want other people to have issues. I'm just saying they do. And so sometimes that right there is just, it just makes you feel good. We're all on the same page. We're all working for the same thing. And we're all camaraderie. Like you said, yeah. Yeah. So, so just again, um, a couple of categories of people that you really want to consider if to, to, to get this established, these kinds of relationships is get yourself in some kind of discipleship group, some kind of, uh, two or three trusted, uh, people of the same sex that you can have these real life conversations with, um, find yourself a, a, a wise couple or a wise individual that you can either establish a formal mentor relationship with, or that's just kind of your go-to trusted person and, or get professional help. So those are people and categories of people that we say like, yeah, think you really want to consider these strongly. And so if we were to give you something to go home with this week or whatever, I say go home (laughs) after this podcast is over uh, to take with you and to work on, it would be just to identify that person or couple uh, that you could go to that have those green light characteristics and are void of those red flag characteristics uh, that you could also mention to your spouse. So identify that Make a list, think about it, think about who's in your life already that you would feel comfortable being vulnerable with and going to, and then just mention it to your spouse and say, hey, I listened to this podcast, you should too. Uh, this is what I was thinking. I really like this person for this reason. Um, maybe we're not having issues now, but if we ever did, I'd want you to know and be okay with the person I talked to mm-hmm. get that permission. So All do right. that this week. Talk and there them. is the checkered flag, which means we're at the end of the show. Yes. Right. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, and we hope that you will subscribe to the podcast and that you'll hear f- 
from us some more. And we would love to hear from you. So again, just a reminder that you can email us anytime, rob at sparktoflame.com or cassie at sparktoflame.com with questions, concerns, show ideas, input, whatever you want to share with us, you can share with us. We hope that the sparks that you heard today will turn into flames and you will have a wonderful, happy, healthy marriage.